You are now listening to Sage. So one of the biggest things is if you, and I'm talking to people who have their own authority, who have their own numbers. If you're leased on to somebody, technically you can't go out and get customers unless you give the customer to the cust- uh, back to your carrier and then your carrier has to approve the customer, they have to check credit, blah blah blah. I am talking to uh, everything. We're just about to finish up, Nevada. Thanks for joining us. Hey, what's going on, 125? All right. I am talking about people who have their own numbers and their own authority, who can are, are running their own business. They're the driver and everything else. So my first thing I want to say, basically, to trigger people and get everybody pissed off, is if you have you have the ability to get your own direct customers. You have that ability to get them yourself. At least haul freight for them yourself. Okay? You, ha- you can go out and do that. So if you've been doing this for six years or for 30 years, like, Jeff- like even Jeffrey Light says this, I've been doing this for 30 years. My first question is, do you have a direct customer? If you don't, shut up. Pay attention right now. Sit down and let me explain this to you. Because Just Trucking is bitching about brokers and he moves all his freight through brokers. We, we, We have a saying for that. Don't bite the hand that feeds you, right? But the issue is, is that I don't think he understands the process. I don't think he understands what he's actually getting for for the money. And what I want to do here is explain to you guys where the broker fits, where the logistics person fits in the industry, all right? And I I'm I'm we're going to start here real quick. All right. So the first thing a freight broker does is a freight broker is a salesperson. They're a sales manager. Like I'm a broker. I'm not an agent. I'm a broker. I can have agents underneath me if I choose. And I'm a broker. Uh, yes, the ability to get direct customer is in direct competition with brokers, but, uh, able. Yes. Yes. If you're, if you are a carrier, you can get direct customers. All right. Uh, yes, I said that Jeffrey light doesn't get the logistic side. He knows the trucking side very well, but he doesn't understand the logistic side. He's bashed brokers. Um, he says they take all the money, says they do this. And I'm going to explain to you what a broker is actually doing. All right. From somebody who has had customers and has moved direct customer freight and is a broker. Me. All right. So the first thing they do is they're a salesperson. They're a sales manager. They're going out and building relationships with direct customers. That all right. So you got a first thing I have to do is I gotta figure out how to get through the door, how to get to the customer, how to get past the gatekeeper. Because there are hundreds of phone calls that these uh, customers are getting from other brokers. All right? They're getting hundreds of phone calls from other brokers. Yeah. So here's what I've got to do. So the first step is to get past the gatekeeper, the receptionist. Uh, and when you call, you gotta be, you've got to say something that nobody else is saying. So if you're out there saying, hi, my name is Sage and I have access to 10,000 trucks and I want to quote your freight, go away, go away, right? That's not your job. What your job as a logistics person is, is to have a network of trucks, have, have people that you've worked with to be able to go to the customer 
and get them off of the load boards. All right. So the first, one of the first things I'm doing is I'm trying to get to the gatekeeper. So let's say the receptionist uh, answers the phone uh, and I introduce myself. Uh, hey, my name is Sage. Um, I'm a you know logistics provider. I've been in the industry for 15 years. Uh, makes huge profits on your tubby. What? Uh, like he gives two shits about it. He makes huge profits on you, tubby. Exactly. Whatever the hell that means. Uh, thanks for showing up. So I got to get past the gatekeeper. So I'm, I'm going to say something like, hey, I'm in logistics uh, and, and, you know, for 15 years and I'm looking to talk to somebody in the transportation department or, or whatever, right, to that aspect. Now, one of the first things they're going to do is they get these calls all the time. So they're going to be like, oh, we don't, you know, we're not looking for anybody this time. And, and my point there is I say, okay, look, hold that thought, Bull of Woods. Hold that thought. Um, I'm going to basically break that. I try to get in there and say, I understand you get a hundred of these phone calls a day. Um, the difference is, is that I'm actually looking to build some type of relationship. I'm looking to work with you, not for you. Um, I understand the difference between, uh, a contracted rate and a spot market rate. And I also make sure that the drivers who haul my freight understand the same thing that I understand. So we can come in there as a team to make sure we get things done um, and everybody's on the same page. And I, I, I have access to 10,000 trucks, but I would prefer to use uh, my good carriers that I work with every day, which is, um, you know, these 10 carriers or whatever that I work with every day. If that's something your transportation manager is interested in, um, if, if you can just shoot me over to, you know, give me his email or give me his voicemail, I'd like to at least be able to leave a message um, and offer him this, you know, type of service. That may or may not get me in the door. But what it does do is it's something different, right? I've got to build a quick relationship with that gatekeeper and explain why I'm different than every other phone call and how I can benefit them. Now, <clears throat> she gives me her voicemail, or she gives me their, the person's voicemail, and I'm leaving the same type of message. Hi, my name is Sage. I've been in the industry for blah, blah, blah years. Um, I'm looking to possibly work with you in regards to moving some of your freight. I have a network of drivers that I work with that's on the same page with me in regards to contracted rates and spot market rates. And we understand um, that you're also uh, competing against other people and you're in competition with people. And we're willing to kind of, we're looking to work with you in regards to um, possibly helping you out in, that, in situations like that. So you want to project that look. I understand that you're not the only one making these widgets. You're competing against other widget makers. And I understand that. And I want to help you move, beat those other widget makers so that you get the freight, you get the business. And I know that I know the transportation is always one of the things that makes or breaks a deal. All right. I know it makes or breaks a deal. I'm projecting that into that voicemail. Now, you can word it any way you want, but you better go back and listen to what I just said because it's going to get you in more doors when you act like this, when you know that, look, I'm looking to be a team with them and I'm looking to, to, you know, to help them make money. If they make money, I make money. All right. Now, a typical salesperson makes about 100 and on average, the median salesperson makes $132,000 a year. All right. 
That's the sales position. Makes about $132,000 a year. Now, um, real quick, in my opinion, I would disagree with you that Jeffrey Light uh, needs to say anything. Just my opinion. Okay. The issue I have with Jeffrey Light is you have to stop bashing brokers. You have to stop saying these brokers are keeping all the money. Uh, these brokers, you know, you have to stop doing that. You ha- if you stay on that mentality, you're insane. Because I've been hearing the same thing for 20 years and nothing's changed. So you have to learn to change. You have to learn to change. Because the next thing that's coming down is AI pricing. All right? So you have to learn to change. So if I can go back and do a reaction video to some of his videos, Bull, and show you what he's saying, but the information that Jeffrey's saying, the information that Just Trucking is saying by bashing brokers and saying they're all bad and that we should get rid of brokers is wrong. Because unless you know how to sell, you're not. why would you get rid of your salesperson? Are you going to hire a salesperson for $132,000 a year? No. You're not. You could. But understand that if you get rid of the freight brokers, customers aren't just going to come to you. You're going to have to sell to the customer. You're going to have to do what I just did and build a relationship with a customer. You're going to have to take the time and build relationships with each customer you want because somebody else will be doing that. So if you just think a customer is just going to post the freight, No, they're going to want to build relationships. They're going to want to build consistency. So they're going to pick carriers that are going to be consistent that they can build relationships with. So that's where the broker, that's where getting rid of brokers, well, good luck, because now now you got to sell yourself. Now you got to be the one doing it. And that's not easy. That's why a salesperson makes about 130. I've brought in almost seven hundred thousand dollars. I brought in by myself. Now I've only, I've done it on about fifty five loads because I move a, a big freight. But there was a, my highest numbers was six million dollars. I brought when I was rocking and rolling, and it was me and my wife, and I had my carrier, and and I had I had like ten customers. I brought in $6 million, brought that in. How much would you pay me to bring you $6 million worth of business? Right? So this is the stuff you need to understand. All right? Now, that's that's one part of a freight broker. That's one aspect of a freight broker. They're going out there. They're selling themselves. They're getting through the gatekeeper. They're making these moves, right? I'm going to do a video um, probably just ways to get past the gatekeeper and, and what to say to customers to be different than everybody else. Okay. Now, not just the sales aspect. Let's close that. Now what I have to do as a freight broker is I now have to be an operations manager. I now have to be a transportation manager. Um, and I have to be able to dispatch, pick the carrier, basically do a quick interview with a carrier, um, make sure that their, that their ratings are good, uh, establish a relationship with a carrier so that they're on the same page that I'm with me. So we can be on the same page with the customer because bottom line, the customer is in competition 
with other customers trying to get a job. All right. Now, so now I've got two jobs. My first job was sales. My second job is transportation manager as a broker. Transportation manager, about $100,000 a year. So now I'm up there around $250,000 a year. You'd have to pay me $250,000 a year for the jobs I'm doing. I'm doing sales and I'm doing operate, uh, transportation manager. Okay. <clears throat> so if I went out someplace and said, look, I've been a broker for 15 years. I'm looking to get a job. Uh, I'm looking for $250,000 a year. You want me to do this? That's, that's just now I'm more, I'm not going to lie because of the other stuff I do, but I'm talking anybody that's moving freight, any freight broker that's, that's making sales, moving freight, bringing money into the, into the company, dispatching, uh, checking the safety ratings, uh, making sure that the drivers are, you know, are showing up on time, making sure that it's the right equipment, handling problems, handling situations, being a part of that, you'd have to pay a hundred thousand dollars. Anybody willing to fork over $250,000 for me? Or, or I can just take my money off the load and you get paid what you wanted anyways. You decide. Right? Because this is the reality of it. This is what I actually do. I do sales and I do operations. Now, I have a factoring company. Everybody interested in a great factoring deal, please let me know. I can get you under 2%. Um, with a, and they handle the finances. They pay the carriers. But there was a time when I started, I was also doing that. I was also doing a bookkeeper's job. Well, actually, my wife was. She's paying carriers, bringing in the money, making sure people pay, doing collections. Basically, right? So let's say that's $50,000. So now I'm at $300,000 for you to hire me to do this. I, I, I'm just trying to make you guys understand what actually happens, the financial aspect that you would have to pay to hire someone to do just what I do. And I'm not even, I'm not even handling C.H. Robinson stuff. I'm not handling uh, cans. I'm not handling drayage. I'm not handling... Um, any of that, right? I, I do oversize right now. I, I found my my niche and I rock and I rolled with it and I do I do very well. Um, I made about one hundred fifty thousand dollars this year. Um, I do very well doing what I do. Okay, now according to this, I'm underpaid, right? I'm underpaid, but it's my business. I get to make these decisions. Um, and, and, and that's, this is my choice, right? So what I'm basically saying is you, you're going to have to understand that you could be getting your own customers right now. If you have a carrier, why aren't you, why aren't you? All right. So now that you kind of understand a freight broker has, uh, you know, they're a salesperson, they're an operations manager, and they also handle finances, right? For me, it's like that, you know, you can do two, you got a triangle and it can either be, you know, good. Uh, and, you know, slow or cheap and, and that whole thing. Well, my triangle is finances, operations, and sales. And I can do operations and sales very good, so I got to hand off 
I have to hand off my my uh, finances to my tri- to uh, my factoring company, um, and and I pay them to handle that. Right, I pay them to handle that. So when you this is what's going on. This is what freight brokers do, and this is why when you guys are bashing freight brokers and you're ba- and, and oh you're all sucked out bad. Most of the time, you're not talking to the freight broker. You're talking to just some customer service guy. And, and you're absolutely right. Some of them are bad, and you should be asking for their managers. But what I'm basically trying to say here is the actual broker aspect, if it goes away, it will be replaced with AI, which, which it's going to, right? That's the way they're going right now. I got more videos about that. The, that Stuart sent me one. I'm going to play that and everything else. But right now, you... You don't want them to go away, right? Because that then you now have to do what I'm doing. You have to do that. You have to do sales because they're not just going to give it to you. You're going to have to sell yourself to customers. You're going to have to give them what, what, how your service is better than the next guy. How your 53-foot trailer is better than the other guy's 53-foot trailer. Because customers don't want to pay me. Customers don't want to pay you. That nobody wants to pay money, right? Trust me. Uh, we want free shipping. Every time we order something from Amazon, you want free shipping. Right? Nobody wants to pay shipping, but they have to. All right. So you kind of understand that we have two posi- we have multiple positions, and the pay that we would be getting outside would be approximately $300,000 just to do what I'm doing. All right. Let me see if this is going to work here. Let me activate my... Let me go over here. I just got this thing, so I'm going to wing it. Uh, let me turn this on. Let me turn this on. Show on screen. Uh, let's cut that out. Uh, let me get my scissors. I don't know why I kept that. Goodbye. Goodbye. And then let's do this one. Squiggly line. All right. So you guys basically think freight... Oh, let me turn the scissors off. You guys basically think freight is shipper... And then, I'm using my mouse here, broker, and then truck, and then receiver. We're going to make this receiver. I'm doing my best here. All right? So you're going to go with shipper. Nice. Shipper, broker, truck, receiver. All right? That's your, that's your straight line view of freight. This is the way it goes. And you're like, hey, we just need to get rid of this guy because freight just goes like this. This is the only way freight travels, right? Because that's, that's your view out the windshield. That's what you see. You only see one load at a time because that's, I was there. I used to be a driver. I thought the same thing. So basically what you're looking at is it's not, that's the way all freight must be, one load at a time. Oh, that happened there. All right. It's not. Freight is not that way. All right. Freight does not, it's not that straight line. It looks freight, when freight moves, it looks more like this. Uh, Right here, I'm going to call this customer, right? So you have a customer, and I'm going to use this because my wife used to be uh, an uh, installation manager in uh, Massachusetts. So they're going to build a school. They built the school, and then the school board or the city, whoever the school's for, they hire an installation manager to basically bring in all of the desks and the globes and the chairs and the computers 
everything that has to go in a school. So when your kid shows up, bam, it's all there. All, all your kid has to do is sit down and learn. All right? Just like you're doing now. So at this point, somebody's hired. Now, so people bid for this opportunity to basically fill this school. All right, so you have a customer wanting to put together a school. Boop, boop, boop. We're going to call this a school, S. All right? So now the customer puts this out for bid. And it might go to this person, this person, and this person. One of these people here are all bidding to basically take care of the school. So now you have three people bidding. So now these people that are bidding are now going out to somebody that does desks and chairs, somebody that does computers, somebody that does, I don't know, pull-down maps, um, cafeteria. They're putting this out for bid and saying, how much would you charge me to, to supply me with 600 desks, 600 chairs? Um a hundred uh, teacher's desks, you know, a hundred teacher's chairs, you know, whatever it is, they're put, they're all putting this out for bid. Right. All right. So now at this point, one of them wins the bid. So we're going to say, okay, these guys are out there. One of them wins the bid. We're going to say this one right here wins the bid. So we're going to have to clean this up a little bit. So these guys are out. You're out. Sorry, you lost. You're out. Sorry, you lost. You lost. This one wins the bid to fill, to supply the school. All right. Now what happens is all of these people that were basically put out there for bid now have to hold their price to bring that stuff in. Now this person here can say, well, to save costs, I will take care of the logistics. So it's going to be customer pickup. All right, you have turnkey and you have customer pickup. Turnkey means that these guys handle the shipping, basically. Um, customer pickup means I'm going to come get it myself. Now, why does a customer do that? Uh, a lot of times, these people over here will tack on extra money, right? They'll tack on an extra 10% uh, because they have to load it. They have to pay me. Uh, let's say they have to pay the, tr the trucking company before they're paid. Um, if there's any issues, if there's any problems, these guys over here will normally tack on 10% to the transportation cost. So they will give them a cost plus 10%. Now there's more, but normally it's a cost plus 10%. All right, because they're handling, they're handling portions of this. So to save that 10%, this customer who bid it on the job, who now has a budget might say, you know what, uh, I'm not going to have you do it. I'll do it myself uh, so you don't charge me that 10%. I'm just going to go ahead and handle it myself. So that person, now you have this person here. Let me turn off that. Instead of having this, this person here says, hey, I need you to handle all of these, co all of these companies and get trucks for all of these companies when the stuff's ready. So now we're going to get rid of these lines and we're going to turn this off. And now I have to handle all of these different customers when their product is ready. Now, this person here is on a budget 
because that's what they quoted to the customer to supply the school. They're also on a deadline, so they get what's called a performance clause because they got to have the desks in there before the school year opens or they're screwed. Let me move this right here. Um, so basically, there's a lot going on. Now, I am now giving this person pricing, a budget to move this. Okay, how much for you to ship it in from here? How much for you to ship it in here? Because this person here might have went to multiple brokers. I got four places I need Frank to come in. It's 100 loads total. Um, what would you quote me for that? So she goes to three different brokers, right? Because this is what my wife did. And she, this is before I was a broker. I was in the Coast Guard at the time. So she says, how much would you charge? How much would you charge? And these are all brokers. Brokers, brokers, and broker. Right? And let's say this person says $100,000. This person says, you know, $110,000. This person says one hundred five. She might just say, well, I'm going to go in the middle um, to handle this. That way, you know, we can go from there. Who does she trust more? Who did better at selling to her? Who gave her a better sales pitch to get the business, to get the price? Well, this guy did. Because it's not always about price, right? So this person was better at selling the $105,000 than this person at $110,000 and this person at $100,000. Selling. This is where the selling aspect comes in. I've got to win the bid from this person. All right. Now I'm going to win the bid. Plus, she's my wife, and we sleep together, so I'm automatically going to win. All right. No, she wasn't my wife at the time. Like I said, I was still in the Coast Guard. So now this person has to handle all of the 100 loads from four different locations. They have to know when they're coming in. They have to know when they're going to get there, um, and they have to you know, bring them in at a certain time. Like the desks and chairs might have to come in before the teacher's desks or, or, you know, the globes and stuff like that. Everybody with me? Probably not. Not my problem. All right. So now you have multiple people here that are all budget, right? Now, you have this carrier that's got to show up and start giving pricing and stuff like that and have trucks come in. And all of a sudden, I find out that my timeline has been up a week. So this guy, I now need an extra truck because it was only supposed to be four trucks a week and now I need two extra trucks this week because I need to get this stuff in faster because I'm running up against my timeline um, and they're not you know, coming in faster because these guys, you know, things happen. So now I still got to deal with the, the desks coming in and I got the globes coming in and I have the computers coming in and I have the maps coming in, the pull down maps coming in for these other ones, but they need the desks faster. So now I got to step up my game and say, okay, we need, you know, do you have the desk ready? Is it possible we can get another truck in there? Um, is your production of, you know, desks on time? Like, do I have a chance or an opportunity to get another truck in there? Or is it not possible because you can't get the desks fast enough? Right. So if she says, no, y'all, we, we got them. Come on, bring them in. All right, perfect. Now I got to find two trucks. Either I, I reach out to, to people I know or I grab the spot market and I'm like, Jesus Christ, just get these guys in there to get these extra loads in there because I got other issues to deal with with these other four companies. Now, if this company says, no, we're held up at the port, we can't, you know, and then we go from the port and we ship them here. 
uh, we can't we can't make that timeline. Damn. Now what do I do? All right. Now I'm jumping on and, and checking the boat at the port. When's it going to offload? Where are they going to uh, cross dock it at? Can I drop ship it? So instead of shipping it to them to check it, can they ship it? You know, are, are, are they possibly, is it possible for them to send someone to the school to check it or send someone to the cross dock facility to check it? How much will that cost? Because the performance clause could be $50,000 a day, $10,000 a day for the, per, for the installation manager to make sure they're on time to get this school done. It, it, you, you can't be late because you've got a city or, or a school board that has budgeted money and sent this money over. Now, we just had to pay for extra, we had to pay for two expedited loads. We're, and instead of paying uh, $2 a mile, make my life simple, now I have to pay $3 a mile for two loads. Where does the money come from? Where's the money come from? Now, we got to figure this out. So, can, can I go back to the installation manager? I can. I can go back to the installation manager, right? Let me see if I can move this. But, even if... Um, Yes, I'm going to be, I'm going to, we're going to talk about that. So even if I'm right now, I'm explaining what a broker does. So you guys understand what's going on behind the scenes of what logistics people do. Now I can go to her and say, Hey, it's going to be some extra money because we had to race these in. We didn't expect that. Um, you know, there's going to be additional charges. She could, she could buck on it. She could be like, Nope. I'm not doing it. It's not in our budget. I don't know what to tell you. Um, but here's where we're at. Now I become a negotiator. I've got to make a decision. Do I push the customer for it and possibly lose the customer? Do or and, and, and then eventually do this thing and walk away and never get any freight? Or do I absorb that cost? Right? In that. Or I'm not, let's be honest. Do I try to push down some of the low other carriers' freight to try to get the money back that I lost by those other loads? It happens. I'm, I, so next thing you know, uh, they're trying to catch up money, recoup money on other loads by lowering the rate a hundred bucks on five loads. I'm just throwing out math here. I'm, I'm not doing the math. I'm just throwing out numbers here. All right. There's, these are decisions that have to be made. A lot of times you can go back to the customer and say, well, can we split it 50-50? Can, you know, is there anything, do you have any wiggle room? Uh, is there any way you can go back to the school board or, or whatever? And because they, you know, the timeline got bumped up. Like, who's the one we can basically blame for this issue? Did the school board give us the wrong date? Um, did the installation manager give us the wrong date? What, what happened here, right? And now you've got to make a decision to, in regards to how hard you want to push. Because you push too hard, you're going to lose your customer. And then if you lose your customers, you don't eat. Like, there is no load board for me for customers. If I don't have customers and I don't move freight, I starve to death. Now, I, I, I obviously looking at me, I'll last a little bit longer than most. But still, I, I, motion won't, right? So I, we will go hungry. So I've got to make decisions. I've got, it's give and take. I've got to decide where I want to go with this, how hard I want to push. Do I want to you know, attack them for the money? Are they going to give you the money? What are we kind of doing? Or do I just cover the freight and, and make, a, make sure that she knows I covered the freight 
so that she says, hey, okay, I want to work with this guy again. And I hope that she works with this guy again, which is me. So this is a lot of the issues that are going on behind the scenes. Um, trucks get there in certain orders. Hey, I need the I need the desks, the kids' desks to get there before I need the computers to get there. Because the computers are going to go on the desks. So where where am I with the desks compared to the computers? Okay, you know, we have no place to put the computers. We don't want to put them in storage. I need to get there on a certain date because they have an IT person coming out and that IT person is going to hook up the computers to the networks um, and then log in and make sure that the kids can't, you know, just browse the internet and put, you know, there's going to be IT people there that are going to get on the computers and do stuff. So I need to have desks in there before I have computers in there, but I need the computers to get in there as soon as the desks are done. Now I'm, co- I'm contacting the, comp- the people that are sending me the computers. When will your computers be ready to go? How many can you ship a week? How fast can you get them in there? Hey, person hauling the desks. When are you going to be done? When can we get more trucks in there? How can we make this happen? This is everything that's going on behind the scenes. This is everything that's going on behind the scenes. I have been in situations just like this. Okay? I've moved van freight, I've moved flatbed freight, and I'm, I, I, this, this is why I'm like, oh, hell no. I, I, what else can I do in the freight and logistics? Oh, oversize? I'll learn that. This is what Rob does. Anybody doesn't know CDN Freight Broker, this is what he does. Not it. Not it. Negative Ghost Rider. I would rather deal with one huge load and talk to the states and the escorts and the permit companies and the police officers. I'd rather arrange that than deal with this. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie. (laughs) I mean, now does this happen all the time? No, it doesn't happen all the time. But when you're dealing with multiple loads and you're moving 10 loads a day or you're moving this and you got this truck picking up and you have this truck picking up and customers want to know where this truck's at and why is this truck late? And, you know, this is the stuff that is basically going on, right? And like I said, this is the worst case scenario when this stuff starts to happen. But I'm telling you right now, once it starts to go, holy crap. It's just like, oh, what next? What next? What next? I have, a, I have a running joke with my wife that the minute she makes food and we go to sit down, the phone rings. I, 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 nine times out of ten, that's what happens to me. There is no vacations for me. There is no days off for me. There is no home time for me. It, it's, I, phone rings, I got to pick it up. Because if I don't answer the phone for that customer, they will find someone who will. And I'm out of money. Because there is no load board for me. Now, for someone to handle this, if you're the owner of this company, for someone to handle this and make it all work and make it all go, you know, go right, you're going to pay that dude 300 grand. He's doing the task of two to three jobs. I am doing two to three jobs. Because like I said, I'm the broker. Now, agents do a little less. But good agents do, do just as much as me because they don't handle the finances and I don't handle the finances. I have a company do it. Uh, an agent has their company that their agent for do it. But remember, you've got a hundred something thousand dollars you're paying. Oop, let me pull this up. 
this one? Why don't you? Oh, I know why. We'll get back to it. You have a hundred something thousand dollars you're paying a salesperson, and you have about a hundred and thirty you're paying a salesperson, and a hundred you're paying a transportation manager. This is what's going on. So all you see is this is this one load, because now we got my still my mom, hang on. So now you got a thing here, and all you and yeah, and then you have ten loads coming out of here. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10 this you got 10 loads coming out of here a week let's just say because and remember all of those desks are not just going to me so this customer here is shipping customer pickup freight which that's what i'm doing right now i'm scheduling the pickup and they're also picking turnkey which is they're they're handling the freight to other schools to other people so now you have this customer here that probably has a, a freight broker handling all of their outbound traffic. All of their outbound traffic. Plus, I'm now I'm handling their customer pickup. So what happens is, let's say these desks, I used to work for Ethan Allen. I tried to get on there, it was a driver, d mistake. Horrible mistake. Hor I worked for, I was a garbage man for one day. On heavy, uh, like when in New York, you would have a large garbage pickup, right? Where they could put whatever they want on the side of the road. Um, and we had to pick it up. Well, that was my first day. I'm like, negative, Ghost Rider. I'm out of here. So, and then I also worked for Ethan Allen. So we would get stuff that would come in for Ethan Allen. And we had a carpenter, basically, that would have to fix stuff before we resend it out. So we'd come, it would come in probably from China. I don't, you know, back then I was young. I, I was like, I don't know, 1890. I just got my, C I had to be 20 because I had my CDLB at that time. So the stuff would come in and, and we'd have to work on it. And this was Ethan Allen. And he might not get it done in a day. So now these guys aren't getting this. You missed, somebody coming in was late and missed their appointment time. Now you held up my freight because now they also have inbound traffic coming in, bringing in parts bringing in stuff that has to be put together. That's what's going on here. That's what this broker's handling. Outbound freight, inbound freight. Now, if one of these inbound freights don't make it, that might have the parts to put together my desk that I'm on a timeline. So now I'm calling the customer saying, um, we're missing a pickup. We're missing a, we got to get a, we were scheduled to have a truck come in there you're not giving me the clearance to bring the truck in. What's going on? Well, one of our trucks didn't show up for delivery. They're late. They missed their appointment. They're going to be here in two days. What? How long for you to put it together after that? Well, it's going to take us probably uh, day what time we get it in, depending on you know, what time we get it in off the truck, maybe another day or two before we can ship it out. So now I'm four days behind because the truck was late two days, and it's going to take them an extra two days to ship it out. I'm now four days behind. That's a whole week. I'm a week behind because one driver missed, didn't come in on time. And this is real world shit for, for logistics people. This is real world. Now, listen, we pray it doesn't go awry. I'm telling you right now, and Rob can answer. When we got freight moving and the phone rings... At like five o'clock, oh, 
Those are the worst rings of my life. I'm hoping it's a spammer asking me for my extended warranty on my truck. I literally saying, please be a scammer. Please. Please be th that. But if it's not, it's like, oh, what happened? You ain't going to believe this. I've already, yeah, I probably will. I probably will. Those are, those calls suck. They suck. So this is what people like just trucking are saying. Let's get rid of brokers. Let's just do it ourselves. Good fucking luck. Good luck. I dare you to do it yourself. Matter of fact, I will pay for your freaking bond for you to do it yourself. Your bond's going to be like 1500 bucks. You can be a broker and you can do it yourself. Good luck. It's not easy. Now, that's some of the aspects that we're handling on the logistics side. Right? And that's just one aspect. Like I said, it is not a straight line. It is not a straight line. Sometimes it is, but even a straight line from uh, shipper, broker, carrier, receiver, up here someplace is a buyer that bought these goods to ship to this person. You know, there are buyers out there that they buy on massive scales so they get discounts and they might make, okay, they might go and say, look, um, they buy a million dollars worth of soup, right? And, and then after a million dollars worth of soup, they get a, a dollar a can, a penny a can, something, some price, right? And then they sell it and they make a bunch of money on the can, on selling that soup to this receiver. Sometimes they're blind shipments, sometimes they're not. So a lot of these times, there's a lot of other stuff going on. And, and all I hear is broker bad, broker bad. And, and this is where if, if, I, if I hear it on other shows, I'm going to call you out. I, it, and I'm going to say, okay, show me, what, show me the freight you've moved. Show me the direct customers you have. Show me what you've done. You've been doing this for 30 years. Show me a direct customer move. Show me this, explain that, you know, I should have said, do me a favor. You explain freight to me. You explain all this, what I just showed you to me, how this actually happens. It's never, it's, it's very rarely shipper, broker, carrier, receiver. Because even that, or now remember, you also have, boop, you have somebody over the shipper buying stuff. So at this point, you then you have a shipper that's or a manufacturer. Let's just say, let's say they're a manufacturer. Let's use M. Beep, a manufacturer, a manufacturer ordering from this shipper, this manufacturer, who also competed with maybe three other manufacturers for the same job to deliver the same goods. They're going to build a uh, transformer. They're going to build a control building. They're going to build. Uh, some type of, uh, there's a control, comp control building company in, I believe, uh, Utah. I believe Utah, right? There's a, they build control buildings. Uh, they go on the base when they're hooking up, you know, solar panels, not solar panels, windmills and stuff like that. They'll have a building that these are all kind of connected to, right? Control buildings. Well, they compete against other control building manufacturers. Now, so this person up here is buying it, but it's not going here. Because this is the basic, this is going to, we're going to call them the customer. 
This is the manufacturer. This is a manufacturer. This is a manufacturer. They're all competing. They're all bidding for the same job that goes way over here. So now, sometimes, the transportation cost wins the bid because this customer here is closer, right? Now, in here, you might have to say, okay, is there a way we can get our transportation cost down to beat this person? And then they'll call me and they'll say, well, let me see what I can do for the price. Where do we need to be? At that point, I've got relationships with customers. I can say, where do we need to be to win the bid? Because let's say the customer wants to use this one, but unfortunately, this one's coming in cheaper. So they need a reason to, knock this, to, to not use this one. Because remember, there's always a Yori, she's in the chat there, who's basically a CFO that is looking down and saying, why did you buy that? Why did you spend that money? Why, did you, why are we losing uh, money on... on our budget. Where's the money going? Right? Oh, let me uh, hang on one second here. Let me turn this off. All right. Hang on, uh, DIY. I'll send you the link. So at this point, you have these guys all competing to send freight down here. Now, this might be, he's, this customer just says, look, handle it. Handle it all. I don't care. It's turnkey. It, you, you do it. I want the following control building. And I want it delivered here. I don't want to handle transportation. I want nothing. Give me a price for that. So what these guys do is they separate price. They say, well, for manufacturing, it's $100,000. For transportation, it's fifty. It's It's always separated. right? I've been in these meetings. And they separate the transportation cost um, out of the manufacturing cost. All right. And then, uh, again, they might do cost plus 10%. So now they come to me and they say, well, right now we're $5,000 over. Can we tweak the numbers to get the project, to win the bid? All right, let me see what I can do. I'll go to my, I'll go to my carriers. I'll, find, I'll, I'll optimize the equipment. If it can fit on a step deck, it can fit on a, a low-pro hotshot. Uh, I'm sorry, a low-pro step deck. It doesn't need a double drop. Can I find an extra low double drop? Can I put it? What? How can I optimize the, the best equipment for the load? All right. And then I'll go to my carriage and say, look, here's the situation. Here's where we're at. Here's the numbers. I need to be here. Can you get here? Yes or no. And some of them might say, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. Right. My carriers are pretty good. My carriers will say, okay, well, if you can let me get there, I'll find a load to go get there rather than deadhead there. Or if we can do it on this date, or if you'll work with me and I can leave one truck on it, we can deliver one at a time. We can make this happen. And that's, that's where I'm now working with my carriers, which is my, my power, right? My carriers give me my strength. The relationship with my carriers give me an opportunity to win. My goal, when I look at a customer... I want my team to win. I, if this is my team right here, Team Sage, baby, let's do this. Me, me and the customer are going to beat these other two. We're going to find a way. We're going to do our damn best to find a way to beat this guy out and beat this guy out. If it's price, if it's service, if it's whatever it is, that's how I'm looking at my customers. 
So if I and then I my now I've got to find my carriers and my carriers are like, all right, yeah, we can do it if you'll work with me and you'll let me get there, or if I can put one truck on it rather than two trucks or three trucks, and I can have one guy run the load and you can wait for me to find freight to come back before, instead of deadheading back. Whatever, I'm now giving them an opportunity that if they'll work within my parameters, I can get the price down. We can get the price down to win the bid. Now, if we win the bid, that customer is never going to cut me loose. This is why I have customers. Because I have great relationships with my carriers. My carriers know my customers. They know their names. We've, I, they, I mean, I don't, my carriers, but my customers know that they have to come through me, and they, and they do because they know I handle everything else. I have great carriers. I've built relationships with carriers to make me stronger than the other broker. Because these guys, this guy's got a broker and this guy's got a broker. But I got better relationships with my carriers than this broker has. I'm competing with this broker. I'm competing with this broker. And I'm also, and this customer's competing with this customer. And this customer's competing with this customer. There's a lot of games going on here. And I have to have a better relationship. And that's what makes me good at what I'm doing is I've built great relationships with my carriers that when I make a phone call, we've, we figure it out. All right. So if you like what you heard here and you want to make sure you can stay up to date, make sure you check out sagenewslive.com. That's my website. It's also going to be where you're going to find where I'm also at. Uh, podcast, Spotify, a- Apple, um, Twitch, Vimeo, all these other places, not just on YouTube. So if you're looking to listen to me on podcast or anything else, you can go ahead and hit up the website. Also, upcoming streams, things I'm going to be having. And if you're looking for factoring for under 2% with one of the best factoring companies out there, definitely check me out on uh, my website. Go ahead and shoot me a text or email me about the information. I'll reach out and get you hooked up like a tow truck. As always, stay safe, stay out.